Welcome to Might in Motion, where we help you navigate your personal and professional goals to manifest them into your deserved career and life path. Here at Might in Motion, we don't make excuses. We do the work and go above and beyond. The Might in Motion podcast brings you guests that will help stretch you out of your comfort zone and push you to improve your goals. Like, comment, and share. This is Might in Motion. I'm excited to bring to you today Jessica Dennehy. She is the CEO of Pivot and Slay. And she is in my ears at least once a week with her podcast. Um, so just excited to have her on uh, this evening. She's a single mom, two-time best-selling author, a speaker, a recovering attorney that started her entrepreneurial journey 10 years ago when she left Wall Street to build a brand of luxury barbershops called Mad Men. And now through her consulting company, Pivot and Slay, Jessica empowers entrepreneurs to build the life of their dreams where they can have it all. Uh, she helps small business grow owners get selfish so they can live a more aligned life that not only includes massive business growth, but also freedom to enjoy their success in their personal life. As I mentioned, she is a two-time author with best-selling books, Pivot and Slay and Startup Legends, which help entrepreneurs create more authenticity and authority in their brands. And she's working on her third book, so that's very, very impressive. Um, her diverse background and expertise has landed her speaking engagements across the country in front of thousands of people and featured in important business publications such as Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, Inc., and many, many more. Jessica, welcome to my in motion, and I appreciate your patience earlier tremendously. So thank you so, so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. You know, I, I mentioned that I listen to your podcast on the regular and um, I know you are from the Northeast and you're, I love your accent because it reminds me of all my cousins because uh, I grew up, you know, I live in Georgia, born and raised in Georgia. And so I grew up making that 19 hour drive up to the tri-state area at least twice a year. And so it's like having my cousin in my ear just with your passion, your excitement. And I just, I love it. It's so well, thank you. I don't hear an accent from you at all. Well, that's because I grew up in a military town. But if you want me to get real Southern real fast, I can, but I try not to. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're lucky that I have any accent today because I haven't had much of a voice this week. So that's my raspiness coming through. Uh, well, I do appreciate you joining, even though you're not quite feeling your best. It means the world to me. Um, so you know, my audience here in, in LinkedIn land, uh, they there's many of them are they're young in corporate America. They're they're starting out and they're, they've got all this energy and excitement about you know building their personal brand. Right. Maybe not necessarily an entrepreneurial space. And what I love about your philosophy of the whole pivot and slay piece is that you can reinvent yourself and you can create like this, this image, what was your kind of that moment when you were like, man, I don't want to be an attorney. And you had your own pivot and slay moment. I had so many pivot and slay moments, which is how the name of the book came about. But before I answer your question, I just want to say like brand building, in my opinion, is not 
not creating an image. It's utilizing, mm-hmm. think about your actual personality and highlighting them in the public sphere because so many people are worried about creating like the perfect brand image, but it's already inside of you. And I think that's what a lot of people who are trying to build that personal brand don't understand. You're already mm-hmm. a brand. You're already mm-hmm. projecting a persona into the world. Now you may not highlight every part of you and that's okay. There's some stuff you keep private, but you're already doing it. So if you're sitting there waiting to come up with the perfect concept, it's already existing. (laughs) You just have to become aware of that. And the way that I did that myself was sitting down. Well, I I first left, I I wanted to be a lawyer. That was my dream. And I did it. And I got my dream job and I was on Wall Street and I did it for 10 years. And there was some pivoting and slaying going on back then too. Mm-hmm. But the, the most pronounced um, moment, I think, of pivoting was when I realized all that hard work I had been putting in for like 30 years, I just didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to do something else. And that's how I became an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to pivot and slay. I realized that I love helping other people step into their power to change their life, even when it's scary. Because for me, I could have stopped and been like, well, I spent 30 years becoming a lawyer, so I'm just going to keep doing it because I spent so much time. It takes a lot of courage to stop and say, no, I'm going to follow my dream. And I realized that I wanted to do that. And I had already been doing that. I had been making major pivots in my life every single time. And so when I sat down to write my book and conceptualize my consulting business, I realized I was already a brand Mm -hmm. because I had already been making these tremendous adaptations in my life. And the slay part comes in because you can't just keep spinning your wheels and and changing courses every five minutes. You have to do it with intention, with the intention being you're going to succeed. And so that's where the second part of that brand comes in. But when I tell you it's already inside you, it's because I know because I did it and I realized Oh my God, I've been doing this my whole life. That's awesome. I was a walking brand and I didn't even know. <laughs> I love your your that insight on you already are your own brand. It's so true. It, it, sometimes I think it's hard for people to have that reflection of themselves to, um, to really kind of meditate on what is their own personal brand, right? Um, you mentioned intention. And one thing that I've I've noticed as a theme throughout you know your podcast is you talk a lot about journaling, and journaling you know really kind of the intentions, dreams, um, kind of what you want to envision for yourself to to actually kind of push it into existence. Can you share a little bit more about how how you journal and you know and that that process you take maybe on a daily basis or, you know, how do you, how do you really find that time to to go and channel that? Well, I make the time. Um, It's not like I just have the time. I'm sure so many of you guys are listening, thinking I don't have the time to do that. I get it. I'm busy also. And, and, you know, you mentioned that your viewership is on the younger side. And so I'd like to say that this takes a level of 
self-awareness that I did not have in my 20s. -hmm. I don't know how young your audience is, but like I would say it wasn't until I was like 34 that I started to really sit down and think about who am I and what am I doing and what is my intention? I don't think I fully understood who I was until that. And I've changed and evolved and I know so are you guys, but journaling that actually puts dreams into motion, it consists of getting really clear on who you are Mm -hmm. and getting a self-awareness that isn't judgmental, but it's for a purpose. And that purpose is to understand yourself better so that you can see what you're really great at and where maybe you need to find improvement or what you really love that you haven't even been you know, consciously thinking about. And when you're trying to create a brand, those things become important Mm -hmm. because the brand is going to have personality if you thread your personality into it. And if you're not aware of what you love and what lights you up and where you want to go, your brand will fall flat because it won't have any flavor. So uh, that was a really hard concept for me to understand when I began journaling And I guess because I'm a writer, so like I write for Forbes, I write for Entrepreneur, I've written books, I'm writing more. And so that's just my natural form of uh, Mm self-expression. Maybe maybe someone listening has a different form and I would say lead into that. It doesn't have to be writing, but I'll talk about writing because that's for me where it's at. And I just thought, well, the more that I can just write about what I'm thinking and feeling, the more I can understand how there's things that tie together that maybe I'm not connecting the dots with. And so my first form of journaling, it might sound unintentional, but it was intentionally free form, right? I would just Mm -hmm. like write down what's going on in my mind because I was pretty high strung at that point in my life. And (laughs) there was a lot of mind chatter happening. So for me, like just getting it all out on paper, it was a great way to like relieve some of that stress. And I started reading it back and seeing connections, like things, common themes in my life that were making me happy or unhappy. And that really started to help me gain an awareness of where I wanted to go with my businesses, with my career, with my family, because I started to connect the dots of like, I'm happiest when I'm doing X, Y, Z. And I'm really unhappy when I'm around people who are, you know, constantly in my ear naysaying, like just as as an example. And that really helped me start taking steps towards changing the trajectory of my life. Yeah. I, I, I like that whole thought of almost going back and revisiting what you've written. So for me, I don't, I don't write copious amounts, but every day at the end of the day, I, I, I write down a little bit about maybe what happened or how I'm feeling about certain things. And I try to write down a win. Like I want to end my day reflecting on something positive. Right. And I noticed, um, you know, that there were times when I would write things like, I just didn't have enough time today. I'm just overwhelmed today. And when I noticed that happening, I, I've, I've done 75 hard and live hard the whole year long program. That's like my trigger of like, no, that's, that's like my internal bitch voice. Cause you have to make time. And so I'll purposely go do things to change my mindset to really realize like, Hey, there, there is enough time in the day. You just have to choose you 
to be selfish a little bit, right? And choose what actually is going to drive you in that that purpose or that 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 vision that you have for yourself. And sometimes you got to cut away the other stuff. You got to cut away the fat so you can stay focused on that. I 100% did that too. Just uh, I wake up really early in the morning and it, and it started incrementally mm -hmm. because I was realizing like I had to make time to think. And I tell my clients this and they laugh. I'm like, make time to think. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what do you mean? For me, thinking is when I journal, but it doesn't have to be that, right? Like you could just be like visualizing or yep. creating a vision board. Some people like to do that. But just giving yourself some time to just let those thoughts flow when you're aware, like uh, being aware of them, not just at night when you're trying to fall asleep and they're like racing through your mind and you're trying to push them away, mm -hmm. but like allowing them to come in and you reflect on them and see what they mean and see what's going on inside. So now I, I, I journal when I feel like I need to, because that's after years and years of doing it, forcing myself into it every day, because it wasn't easy. I would force myself to write for 10 minutes what was going on in my head. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that was really difficult. Now I'm like a well-oiled machine with it. So I know when I need to write and get some stuff out. And I, I do it basically every morning still. Yeah. Um, when it's quiet and dark outside, that's what I like. Yeah. <laughs> no one can interrupt my thoughts because I get very like sidetracked, you know, if someone's mm -hmm. talking to me or my phone's on or an email pops up. So I would say start doing it without any distractions. Yeah. Like I like to do meditation in the morning. So I always do stre some stretches or I have a meditation the same thing. It's before the dogs go crazy and the girls wake up and the husband wants something and you got to get to the gym and you get like, that's my quiet time of just, I'm going to center myself at the start of it. Even if it's for five minutes, you know, I try to do 15, you know, I try to make it a little bit longer, but if only if that's all I can squeeze in, it's so important because it starts my day off in such a much more positive space. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And you never know, like it's, it's amazing what you end up hearing in the quiet you know, yeah, the hardest part, of, eventually you won't believe it, but like the hardest part eventually is that you're so aware. You're like, I got to write all this down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that, that's so cool. Um, and you know, when, when I introduced you, you talked about, you know, one of the things was that you're a single mom. Um, you know, how, how do you leverage or how are you taking what you've learned? Cause you've learned so much over the years, as you mentioned, and you've, You've uncovered a lot of yourself and what's important for you and how you can tie into journaling to really kind of channel and find that vision. How do you help your 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 kids learn from that so they don't have to wait until their 30s to figure it out? Well, we have an interesting dynamic because it's just the three of us and I have my girls full time. It's been that way since they're one and three. So we've kind of like grown up together in a lot of ways. And so I'm just very... I communicate a lot with them about what is going on with me and how I'm dealing with it. So like they know if they wake up early, do not interrupt my meditation. Let me exercise. Like they know that these things are important. If they woke up and I was like in bed, they would be like, okay, we know something's wrong. Like something's going on. Right. Like yeah. I've, I've, I've bought them journals that are guided and one of my daughters loves it the other one, not so much. And so she's more like musical. And so mm -hmm. we kind of started to explore how she can have that same outlet through music. So I try, we try to just like talk a lot about what's going on. And 
because we've been this way for so many years, um, they're really receptive to things that I say. They try them. Some things stick, some things not. And I think as a parent, it's really important to teach them what helps you, but allow them to kind of figure out what type of thing mm-hmm. might be more um, useful for their personalities, but have the same results. Yeah. So that's the kind of, that's the way I've been doing it. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but it's working for us so far. It's so, it's one of those things where you don't know if you've done it right until they're already grown and out of the house. <laughs> you know, it's the, as a mom, like it's terrifying sometimes, but yeah, like one of the things I try to do, I travel a lot for work. So when I'm home, I try to make sure at night they each get undivided t- time, just me and them, like in their rooms. We can do whatever. Is it do they want to talk? Do they want to read? Do they just want to lay there? You know, but that they have those moments of sister's not around, dad's not around. You know, it's just me and them so they can hopefully feel like they can be open and, and share because – you know, that's, I think, the most important thing with raising daughters, right, is that they they have that, that flow. It's true. Well, I, I force them. We live near the beach, and so, like, I force them to go to the boardwalk with me, which, like, mm-hmm. they are always – they used to love. Now they're like, eh, eh. But uh-huh. I, as soon as we get there, all of a sudden, they're opening up. They're talking because there's nothing else to distract them. And so mm-hmm. I force them into that, too, sometimes <laughs> because I want them – to have that same, you know, moment where they know they can talk. And I think if they're talking, we are doing something right. Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. Because that's, that's, I mean, that's key, right? Communication's key with every relationship. And, you know, you can start building that young and hopefully it'll stick through their teenage years and, you know, all that. Well, one thing I hope to teach them and as a single parent, like I don't, I don't have, it's weird because I'm, I'm, I'm not married. So right there, but I also am not a typical divorced person that has every other weekend and two mm-hmm. days, two a days a week where I'm not with them. Like I have them all the time. Every single second is mine. Right. Which is a beautiful gift, Yeah. but also um, I think hard for a lot of people to understand. And so I've had a lot of mental breakdowns around them and I've chosen to not hide why and not hide that I'm hurting, not hide mm-hmm. that I'm lonely, not hide when I'm overwhelmed. And I know a lot of parents don't do that because we believe we're protecting them and I get that and mm-hmm. I'm not judging anyone who who has their own way of doing it. But for me, I've just chosen to allow them into that space to a certain extent to see like, it's okay if you can't figure it out. It's okay if it's not perfect all the time. Because if I was afraid, like if I, if I tried too hard to show them, look, I can do anything and I'm all alone and I'm doing it anyway. And look how awesome I am. Mm -hmm. What am I teaching them? I'm teaching them that the expectation is for them to always be on and always Mm -hmm. be perfect and always be, you know, have it together. And that's not real life. <laughs> no. So no. I let them in on it a little bit, not in an inappropriate way. Like they're not my friends, you know, they're my daughters and I treat them like that. But there are moments, and I've shared this on Instagram, where like I'll just have a moment and I'll just start bawling my eyes out and they'll be like, what's going on? And I'll tell them a little bit of it so they know, you know, and I think that's kind of helped us grow closer in a lot of ways and also help them see that they can share things with me. They're not afraid to be imperfect or, or mess up yeah. because they see that it's a normal part of life. Yeah. I mean, even just apologizing as a parent, that I think is huge too. 
I know I blew up with you this morning, right? Like that. And I'm sorry. That was me. That was not you. It, that's important because they can't always be the one apologizing. That's for sure. A hundred percent. And even just getting over things quickly, like I'll be, I'm the kind of person that's like, I need to say how I feel. But as soon yeah. as I say it, like a weight's lifted off me and then I can like move on. And for a while, like when they were later starting to test the waters for a little bit of time. I remember them being like, you're okay now? Like, we're okay? And I'm like, well, yeah, like I said how I felt. You apologize. I apologize. And now we move on. Right. Right. That's and how we're like, oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I know we were supposed to be done at 530, but we started a little bit late. Are you able to hang on for a few more minutes? I am. Yeah, I'm good. Awesome. Um, so kind of pivoting back to the entrepreneurial space, are there tools that you help entrepreneurial entrepreneurs leverage that you think entrepreneurs, so those that are working within corporate America could potentially use? So their, their own kind of like that brand, the time management, um, just growth exponentially. Are there things that you think actually translate from entrepreneur to entrepreneur? I do. I mean, I think a lot of a lot of things I talk about on my social media platforms have to do with how I've continued to keep up my confidence, build more confidence, and take risks more. That's something that was really a pivotal theme of my life was trusting myself enough to take risks. That's something that applies in and out of business. I mean, there are risks that we take so often like financially with relationships um and and just even exploring like so many this is mind-boggling to me but so many people like don't ever go out and explore the world because they're nervous or they don't think they have the resources or whatever it is and just so i think there is so much of entrepreneurship that translates to life yep. and you can apply it in both your business, if you're in someone else's business, or if you just want to develop as a human being, right? <laughs> like time management, making time for yourself, being able to, to understand what your instincts are saying and trust in them, creating a better relationship with your own happiness and letting that stand on its own instead of it being swayed or infringed upon by people and energy around you. I mean, those are things that are life skills. Yes. They make you a better business person a hundred percent, but they also make you a happier person. And then your whole life will flourish no matter what you do for a living. I I love it. I mean, taking risk is everything from, you know, what, what fears can you face in your personal life, but also, you know, going out on a limb for that, that job or that project uh, or whatever at work that you might, might be a little bit nervous to do, but go and try it. Right. Like that, that leads to so much great opportunities um, career-wise. And, you know, for me, I've been in corporate America for 22 years. So uh, trust me, taking a, a leap from one team to another has had huge positive impacts for me because you get to learn so much more. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think, like risk taking when when you're trying to compete within a corporate America for jobs and positions on your team. I mean, it just comes in handy in so many ways. And I actually I have a free resource on my website um, for it, it's like basically an ebook, a very short ebook on how to 
develop the connection to your gut instincts and start to trust them. So if people are interested in that, they can go and grab it. It's totally free. Oh, that's awesome. And I we put up on the screen, you know, pivotandslay.com is the website that Jessica is mentioning. Um, but also really big in social media. I love following you on Instagram. I love your podcast, the Day Slayer podcast. It's it is said it isn't in my rotation. I love it. It's a very inspiring. Um, are there any other kind of call outs for us? Like if somebody wants to take action, if they want to connect with you, uh, is that the best way? Is it through kind of Instagram or via the website? Yeah. Instagram is a great way to connect with me in DMs. Um, if you're really an action taker and you want to just work together right away, that's all on the website. Um, but give me a follow on Instagram and DM me there. I'm always answering those. I answer them myself. So um, I would love to connect with you guys further. And if you have any questions, let me know. Cause I just, I love helping people. I even have like a free event I do every single month for anyone in the tri-state area. That is just, I wanted, I wanted entrepreneurship to be accessible to people at all stages of the game. And what I noticed is a lot of masterminds and events are very high ticket price because the content's great. And, but not everyone can afford that or take off from work to do that. So I wanted to create something that was free, but still super impactful and kind of call in all my favors for the speakers that I know around the country. And I have them coming in once a month to, to do like tactical trainings on different business. Um, I don't, I don't even know what, I don't want to say strategies because not all a strategy. Like sometimes I had a YouTube um, presentation. I had a LinkedIn presentation. I had a real estate presentation. So lots of different things that are related to business and mindset and tactical pieces too. Oh, I love it. I'm going to definitely have to take a look because uh, my my business brings me up to the Northeast on a regular basis because I, I manage all the Northern division for uh, Home Depot transportation. So I'm up there. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm going to have to plan my next, my next trip uh, around one of your events for sure. Yeah, I would love that. So final question. If you could go back and talk to Jessica 10 years ago, what advice would you give her? Oh man, Jessica 10 years ago, she was, she was in a, I was just opening my first business then. Um, and what I would tell her is just keep following your gut instincts because you're not crazy. And right now everyone's telling you you're crazy. And in 10 years, they're all going to be wishing they did exactly what you're about to do. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love following your gut. That is that is fantastic. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Uh, I appreciate all your thoughts on these topics. It was amazing. It was amazing talking to you in person. I know we've never met in person. You didn't know who the hell I was, but I'm so glad you said yes because I, like I said, I, I've really enjoyed all of your content following you and you truly are an inspiration. Your message is getting out there and reaching people. And, um, you know, hopefully this will reach even more people. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning into Might in Motion. If you learned something about motivation, momentum, mindfulness, or might, please like, comment, and share. Thank you.